0: Hey, you're listening to the Church Planters Podcast. I'm your host, Jordan Floro. Thank you so much for listening to today's episode. If you've not done so already, hit subscribe, leave a rating or review. That's going to really help us get this content out to more church planters uh, to hopefully be an encouragement to them uh, as we hope it is to you. Uh, Today's episode is going to be a little bit different in that we're not interviewing somebody today. Instead, uh, I'm taking some time to reflect on my journey with church planting. I've done a lot of contemplation these past couple of weeks, and I thought that I'd just bring you in with me uh, into that journey so that you can uh, reflect a little bit of your own journey, and hopefully we'll be able to find some camaraderie at the end of all of this. Uh, With that said, let's now jump into that reflection and uh, dive into today's conversation. Well, there's this meme going around on social media right now. Maybe you've seen it. If you're on Twitter, you have for sure seen it. But it's a meme of Tiger Woods, who is dressed to the actual nines. And uh, he's looking kind of condescendingly at John Daly, who on the golf course is smoking a cigarette. And uh, it's just a really funny meme that makes me laugh every time I see it. But uh, but really, it's just comparing two types of people, two groups of people. One being the put-together pristine, and the other just not. I, I guess that's probably fair to say. Uh, but the reason I bring up that meme is because... I look at my journey in church planting and my family's journey in church planting, and that meme just really represents it well. That three years ago when we started in church planting, we had everything put together. We had the perspectives, we had the strategy, we had the vision. And over the course of the past three years, um, it, it's almost felt like that's unraveled quite a bit and really sent us into the season of disorientation. And what I've learned is that when we have clarity... We produce confidence. And so a lot of the the church plants that really thrive, especially early on, um, a lot of them thrive because they have clarity. And this season for us uh, was really challenging because on on one hand, I'm the type A. I want to put everything together. I want to have the strategy. I want to have the vision. I want to have the the plan and everybody has their roles. and, And I'm very type A in that. But I lacked this clarity because I carried with me all of this baggage that I had from years, years of ministry. And years of growing up, that I carried this baggage. I carried these expectations. I carried these these perceptions of of who Jesus is and what He is about. And and I brought all of this to this journey of church planting. And as soon as I sat down to start planting this church, uh, God said, "Man, we need to start pruning these things. We need to start dealing with these things." And that sent me into this disorientation because the clarity that I had uh, was all of a sudden not clear. And so that resulted in the confidence that I had diminishing to almost zero. And let me tell you, when you have partners looking at you, when you have team members looking at you, when you have a community looking at you and you don't have a good way forward, that pressure can be overwhelming and and so maybe maybe you're not in this spot maybe you do have just an extreme sense of clarity and an extreme sense of confidence that you know exactly what you're doing you know how you're gonna do it and by golly you're gonna you're gonna charge hell with a water pistol and man praise god for that if that's where you're at man, that's awesome. But maybe like me, you've been in a season of disorientation and, and you just really struggled with what that next step or what that first step is for you. And so in today's episode, I want to give you three things to think about, three just words of advice as somebody else who's wa- walking through this, working through some of these same things. And, uh, and hopefully today's episode will be an encouragement to you. And the first is this. The first is, Follow the way of Jesus, which sounds really spiritual and it sounds really good because we're pastors, we're planting churches, man, of course, we should follow the way of Jesus. Um, But I think one thing that I've learned in in my process, and of course, every story is different. Every church plan is different. Every situation is different. And, And so I don't want to project what I've worked through and what I've walked through Onto you, as if you're experiencing the same things that I've experienced. Uh, but I would say that in in my journey, the things that I got really clouded about, that I lost clarity, were were all of these extra things, were these strategies, were these uh, visions that we had for for the church, and and really what it came down to well, was that there were so many good things. Right? Let's be clear. Like there's good things with strategy and vision. But when the things like strategy and vision become the primary things, um, you're no doubt going to feel disoriented because those things are not good enough or strong enough to sustain you when things get hard. And so my advice to you is to focus in on on jesus and focus in on who jesus is and and what he did while he was walking the earth who he talked to how he interacted with people what were the things that he was most focused on because i will tell you when everything else falls to the wayside with strategy and vision if you don't have the foundation set on jesus your church will fail alan hirsch who's a missiologist from australia Super cool dude. Uh, but he talks about this and, and, and he says that, that your Christology, how you view Jesus, shapes your missiology, the mission of Jesus, which shapes your ecclesiology, which is the, the how your, your church is structured and how your church is governed. And, and oftentimes what we do is we flip that. We, we have a picture uh, of what... The church should look like so we have a, a vision for the ecclesiology and so in order to accomplish that we, we develop a mission a missiology and by developing that mission um, then we have to shape our picture of Jesus and communicate him in a way that supports our ecclesiology and our missiology right and so we get it backwards when when really we should see who is Jesus and what was he about and then we should ask the question, what is his mission? Like, what are the things that he really came here to do? And then when we understand that mission, then let's shape the church around that mission to accomplish that mission. And, and so maybe you're in this season of disorientation or you feel like you're in this season of deconstruction and and you're experiencing so much shame and, and so much struggle through this because you're just like, man, I look at the church and the church doesn't look like Jesus and you don't know how to handle that when really what's really happening is that God is pruning you and God is taking away these false pictures of who Jesus is and he's replacing it with an accurate picture of Jesus. And by replacing it with an accurate picture of Jesus, then you your mission that's going to be adjusted is more in line with who Jesus is and then when your mission is aligned with Jesus who with who Jesus is then, then the church then is built in a way that that accurately reflects Jesus and so maybe this season of disorientation um, isn't that you're you're losing your mind but but it's that rather you're having a more accurate picture of Jesus that looks different than what the culture portrays Jesus to be but it's Jesus as he's revealed himself in scripture you know as i think about this i think about something that brian zahn talks about and he describes it from luke chapter 2 we we have the story where where mary uh, loses jesus right if you remember jesus was a young child he was uh they went to jerusalem with the whole family it's a big whole whole deal for passover And, uh, and Jesus doesn't come back with Mary. And in fact, they lose Jesus for three days and they go back to Jerusalem. They're looking for Jesus. They don't know where he's at. And, and if you remember, he's in the temple with the teachers and they say, man, we've been looking for you everywhere. We've been so anxious about this. We've been looking for you everywhere. And Jesus response was, man, wouldn't you know that I'm about my father's business. I'd be in my father's house. And and Brian Zahn talks about this story from Luke chapter two. He says, this is a pattern that you see with people and how they follow Jesus. And, And if you think about Mary, Mary knew Jesus better than any other person knew Jesus, right? She, she gave birth to Jesus. She raised Jesus. She was the one who taught Jesus how to eat She was the one who uh, was there when Jesus scraped his knee. Like all of those things that a mother does, Mary did for Jesus. And so if there was anyone that understood Jesus, it had to have been Mary. And so when she was leaving Jerusalem to go back home, she had it in her mind that Jesus would just be there because that was who Jesus was. And that's how she understood Jesus to be. But then when she lost Jesus, what happened was Jesus wasn't where she expected him to be. And so... Jesus didn't change, but Mary's perception of Jesus had to change. And so Brian Zahn talks about this pattern that that we see that that Mary loses Jesus. Then she finds Jesus doing what Jesus does. And then she has to reorient her understanding of who Jesus is. And and that same thing happens with us, that, that we have a perspective of who Jesus is and we have a perception of who Jesus is. Then we lose Jesus because the Jesus that we perceive him to be isn't a completely accurate picture of who he is. And so then we have to go looking for Jesus. And then when we find Jesus, we now have a more accurate understanding of who Jesus is. And so this whole process of church planting is all about looking for jesus that, that when we find jesus when we see the things that jesus is doing when we follow jesus everything else falls in line but as long as we try to lead with our ecclesiology or we try to lead with with our strategy or our vision we're going to build something but it's going to be different than than what jesus is building And so if you don't experience a disorientation with that, um, maybe that's a red flag for you. Uh, But what I would say is number one, first and foremost, follow the way of Jesus. And when you feel disoriented, you look deeper. Where is Jesus working? And I just think back to something that Abe Cho shared in one of our episodes. He said, if Jesus was walking in your neighborhood, right now who is it who would it be that he's talking to who would he introduce you to what would be the things that he would be doing follow the way of jesus uh second thing second thing be you be who you are don't try to be something or somebody that you're not. God didn't call Craig Rochelle to plant a church in your neighborhood. He called you. God didn't call Louis Giglio to plant a church in your neighborhood. He called you. You know, and here's where we struggle with this. I think that some of us, many of us, myself included, have such a messed up picture of what a pastor is like we, we look at celebrity pastors or we look at these people that we have a lot of respect for and and God bless them, man. They're, they're great. They're good people. I'm sure I don't know them, Uh, but I'm sure they're great. But we have this picture that if I don't fit in that mold, that I'm not a good pastor. And, And so what happens is we, we lose who we are for the sake of trying to be like somebody else. And then we get into these positions where uh, we've gotten in these positions because we, we've done so well at mimicking other people that we really don't even know who we are. And so we lack self-awareness and, and all that happens is we create a mess and people get hurt. And for some of us, maybe this season of disorientation is just, feeling like a fraud, that if we were really honest with ourselves, we don't know who we really are because we've so created an image that we want everybody else to believe that we're competent. We want everybody else to believe that we have what it takes, that we're talented, we've got the skills, when in reality, in our hearts, we're like, I don't even know who I am anymore. And so that's where you see uh, people get into big messes because they start trying to discover who they are in really, really unhealthy ways. And so what what I would say with this is um, not just be who you are, but really make self-awareness a priority. Really make that self-discovery a priority where you understand what are the things that God's gifted you in? What are the things that he's called you to? and, And you walk in that. And, and listen, let me free some of you. You don't have to be a pastor for God to love you. For some of us, taking a step away from ministry is a really healthy step. Because unfortunately, some of us use ministry as a way to prop up an image or prop up an ego. And, and let me just free you. It's okay to step away. But I will tell you this. The best pastors that I've, I've worked with... The best pastors that I know are self-aware. They know where their lane is. They know where their lane's not. They know what they're good at and they know what they're not good at. And they don't, they don't build up their ego because of their abilities, but they, they walk with humble confidence knowing that they, God's gifted them and they're just living out that gifting just like everybody else. So that's number two, be you. Be who you are. Be who God created you to be. And if you don't know who you are, like if you feel like you've just for so long been projecting an image, stop, and and do some deep work of self discovery, um, because otherwise it's it's going to be tragic for yourself, for your family, and for the people that you lead. Uh, be you. And uh, that kind of leads into number three. Number three is go to counseling. Right. I, I can't say this enough. I can't stress this enough. Um, for some of us, the counseling has had a stigma around it. But I will say the most healthy thing that I've been able to do personally to to know myself, to, to know my gifting, to walk in a way that's sustainable for my myself, for my family, for my church, is going to counseling. And uh through this entire process of disorientation. Uh, I was doing counseling on a weekly basis. And in uh, my counselor, he's a Christian. Um, you know, we talk about our relationship with the Lord, but uh, he he's also a cognitive behavioral counselor. He uh, works through some of those uh, tools that that um, are, are on the cutting edge. So we, we go through EMDR. I mean, we do all of those things and, and they're all helpful. In, uh, in processing through some of those wounds. And, and what what I've learned is that there were things that I thought were not big deals in my life. But were actually the things that were driving every decision that I'd make. And what happens is when I'm unaware of those things, it's devastating for the people around me. Because they all see that something's wrong. But I am absolutely clueless and so if you're listening to this and you're a pastor and you've never sat down in a counseling session please for the sake of yourself for your family and for your church see somebody allow somebody into your life to dig around and to to find those triggers so that you can process through those things in a healthy way because if you're in this season of disorientation where you're walking through life and you don't know which way is up, uh, chances are, man, there are things in your life that are unprocessed and there are wounds that you have that are driving your decisions and, and you're, not, you're not acting you're just reacting, and really what you're reacting to isn't even the situation that you're in. You're reacting to these childhood wounds, and you're reacting to these other wounds that you've experienced, and these traumas that you've experienced, and uh, and it can be devastating for people. It can be extremely hurtful for people, and not to mention for yourself. So uh, I, I can't speak highly enough or encourage you enough to sit down with somebody who's a trained professional to work through those things with you. Now listen, I could spend a lot more time rambling on and on about these things, but uh, we are running out of time for today's episode. Uh, But let me encourage you with this. If you've not done so already, jump in and join our Facebook community, the Church Planters community. And if you're in this group, I would encourage you to lean into this community as a source of encouragement and strength. Uh, for you to to come alongside like we're not going to be your best friend we're not going to be able to to sit with you when your dog dies but man we can we can be there a source of encouragement a source of prayer for you uh, to help you get through this journey a little bit easier um, than, than being alone church planning should never be done in isolation well i hope that today's episode was encouraging for you Uh, I hope that if you're in this season of disorientation, you would take this advice, you would focus in and allow Jesus to be the one who drives everything that you do, that that you would not try to be somebody else, but you would be yourself, be the one who God's called uh, to be in your neighborhood And, and that you would seek help. You would find somebody that they can dig around that knows what they're doing to dig around in your heart to expose some of those wounds and help you find a path of healing so that you can be a healthy leader for yourself, for your family, and for your church. Like I said, I hope this was encouraging to you. Thank you for taking time to listen. Hit subscribe, leave a rating or review, help others find this episode so that they can find help that they need. Well, that's all we have for today. We'll see you next week on the Church Planters Podcast.